You said go to the light group. The light route. The route. The way. Route. Follow, oh, okay. follow the light. Go toward the light. Head <laughs> to the light. As a developer, you love building things that are fun and that matter. Do you want to add authentication to yet another app? Do you want to stay updated with all the security issues and patch them? Why not leave that to the experts? Auth0 is the easiest and fastest way to implement real-world authentication and authorization architectures into your apps and APIs. You can allow your users to log in with either regular username and password, social identity providers like Facebook and Twitter, or enterprise identity providers like Active Directory, Office 365, or without passwords, with an email login like Slack, or phone login like WhatsApp. Getting started is very easy. Add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 Plus or Ionic app in less than 10 minutes by writing only a few lines of code. No credit card required. Get the free plan or try the enterprise plan for 21 days at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's auth0 with the number zero. Auth0 is trusted by developers at Atlassian, Mozilla, Bluetooth, Optimizely, Financial Times, and the Wall Street Journal. Try it out at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's the number zero in Auth0 and get back time building core features. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hey, hey. Ward Bell. That it would be me. Aaron Frost. Hello. And we also have Joe <laughs> Eames. Hey, everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv and... This week, we're going to go into the deep, dark territory of upgrading Angular. All right. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about upgrading Angular. All right. Have you guys ever done a show on this before? Not for a while. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my point of view on, on ng-upgrade. And uh, I'm actually kind of bothered about all the talks and everything I've ever heard about it because everyone's just kind of told me how easy it is. <laughs> and how they just uh, they just spent a couple minutes getting everything ready and and then they were good to go. And, oh yeah, and it was upgraded and, and and everything was happy. And you know, after I started doing that, I realized these people don't have a real world app that they're talking about. Like these people have a to do app, and they're just proof proof of concepting the upgrade and and the upgrades. Upgrading is is a hard thing to do, but once you get it, it's really really cool and nice. But it's not an easy thing to do. Let's just say that. Well, that's um, it never actually looked all that easy to me because I looked at the Angular guide to it, and it's quite a journey. That's putting it nicely. Isn't this no, the part it, where Joe chimes in and goes, "No, you're doing it wrong." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, painful. it's painful it's painful yeah it's painful like so when you go to their website and like you're like hey let's uh let's get ready to do this upgrade thing they've got like this list of things they're they're called it's like preparation so this isn't even part of the upgrade process this is just preparation and one of them is use a module loader and that in itself is like a pretty big deal for a lot of people because a lot of people have kind of old apps that are like, you know, they're stuck using a grunt or a, a gulp or a broccoli or, or some other build mm. that's not a webpack build, right? Yep. And so to just get into a system.js or a webpack type build, 
it's like a massive step that's just like, hey, just uh, use a module loader. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, right. you know, it's a number one bullet point. It's just like, okay, do step one. But then it's really like, okay, how many sub steps are actually in step one for your particular app? Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's big. I mean, that one's big. Then that's that's part of the preparation. Then the other one is like, migrate to TypeScript. Like, start your migration. And you're like, <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I can at least start it, right? Like, anyone should be able to drop it in there. Um, and so that one's not too bad. But then they give you all these things about components that you need to stop doing in order to be able to upgrade. Like, hey, if you're using directives, Angular directives, you have to stop being able to do these things. Otherwise, the upgrade won't work. And you're like, oh, that's information that would have been useful four years ago when I started writing this app. <laughs> but now I've got four years worth of the exact uh, thing you're telling me yeah. to not do. So, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a mess um, just even to get started. But it, it takes time. And if you have a big enough app that's worth upgrading, then – it really takes time. You need to realize it's going to be an effort. Like this is a concerted effort. So, and that's just the preparation. Like we're not even talking about doing the upgrade, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get the feeling, and I think I got that from talking to the Narwhal guys, that there's a tipping point. That one, and I, and nobody could tell me where that was. But as you look at your app, your Angular JS app. Um, the first thing is, what am I gaining if I do make this move? But the second thing is, like, if it would, if it's a certain size, or it would really, if I could rewrite this thing in X months or less, I should just like clear the decks and write it in Angular uh, directly and use this as an opportunity to do all the technical cleaning and you know debt cleaning and just and make it right this time uh, rather than try and carry forward. And I don't know what X is, but I got the sense that um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big number. In other words, that it would be, unless you've got a really big app, you're better off just taking the opportunity to get there. Um, you know, it's just, I think it, it varies per company, right? Cause most of us, work at a company that's still fighting for its spot at the table, right? Most of us work at a startup mm -hmm. or a thing that's, that's still trying to fight for its name and get a space in the industry. And so even saying the word out loud, rewrite, that's you're basically talking about throwing away code that works to replace it with more code that works. And that, that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense in, in a manager's mind, uh, to an engineer, that might make perfect sense, but from a business, that that's complete nonsense when you've got a tool like NG Upgrade. So I can see the argument going both ways. I can see it from the developer's point of view, but I can definitely see it from the business's point of view, too, where the NG Upgrade's a must. All right, but it's a matter of getting it across the goal line. And, I mean, from the business perspective, is which which path will get me there first and securely? You know, with so, something that actually yeah. works. And sadly, my company decided that Vue was the answer to that, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. during this upgrade process, I was actually brought on with the promise of I get to bring them up to, you know, Angular 2 and beyond. And then, you know, a year later, they're like, mm, no, we're, we're just going to do Vue. 
<laughs> yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, so that makes sense. Any, any disruption to the status quo is an opportunity for a business to rethink the whole damn thing. Mm. So um, I started at a business four and a half years ago, and they had, an, they had a backbone app, and they said, hey, put us on AngularJS. So we got them on AngularJS, and I think what Ward is saying is – how long till I get there? And what I think you mean by get there is how long time all the way off of Backbone and I'm all the way on AngularJS. Or in this scenario, how long till I'm all the way off of AngularJS and I'm all the way on Angular. So my perspective is um, we never had a need to all the way get off Backbone. So it never happened. Like We, we obviously had the need, but the business didn't have the need, so it never happened. And the app works perfectly fine without that and and i'll say the same thing for anyone who's in an ng upgrade scenario i think you're going to be in the upgrade scenario for a very long time and i think that's that's uh, i think it's a fine thing to do like i think that makes very good business sense to say we'll rewrite it when we can but we're not going to rewrite it for the sake of rewriting it we'll rewrite it when there needs to be enhancements or when it's got bugs but until then it, it is what it is mm. so your your upgrade scenario you're in the ng upgrade process for for years in my opinion yeah i think that's what most people need to be ready for mentally yeah, that's a big statement yeah so, and it's, it's a statement that no one else is saying right like no none of these other upgrade talks are saying it they're just like hey burn the house down write a new app in angular and in the meantime just use this for a few months and that's just not how it's going to work it's not going to be that way and you I know, found that really, one of my one of my points sorry, of frustration have been that a lot of stuff has been written from the standpoint of, hey, I've created this brand new app that runs both Angular 2 and Angular side by side, right? I've gotten Angular 2 and Angular running side by side. I had to write a brand new app to get it to work. Like, no, no, no. Go take yeah. an app yeah. that was written four years ago yeah. and then get Angular working inside of it. That's an entirely different process. Yeah. I just wrote this app where I put Angular JS and Angular together and they're now working using ng upgrade and and, and to, 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 to joe's point because i've had this excellent frustration like a lot of these upgrade dialogues that i've seen are like in your in your um ng's angular cli you're like dude this is a giant angular js app there is no such thing as the angular cli here so i don't know what you're talking about Right, or in your and, webpack build. Yeah, and they're, and they're telling you they're, they're they're basically pretending that they they started an Angular JS app two days ago and they added Angular to it. When really, I think what they did was they started a new Angular Angular project and added Angular JS to it. So they, for their proof of concept, for their blog, for their talk, they did it the wrong way. They did it the opposite way of what everyone else is going to do. And it's really frustrating to only have that content out there. Yeah, well, the Angular docs, he actually, I know Taro started from a real AngularJS. No, it was the demo, all right. But at least he started from the AngularJS app that, that was existing. Oh, hold on a second, Ward. Yeah? The first, very first draft of the ng upgrade docs were done um, less effectively. And uh, so I had to go 
I've been working on the upgrade story. This is, you know, over a year ago. I've been working on the upgrade story because I've been putting together coursework for Pluralsight and been involved in this. So I, I ended up talking with both Taro. I think I talked with you at the time, too, and said, hey, the way that this document is approaching this is not going to work. Because one of the very first things that they said was, like, uh, put everything inside of a module loader, right? And most mm-hmm. AngularJS apps are just not going to work with a module loader. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, assumptions made. So I actually had to talk to Terrell, and he rewrote a lot of the documentation at that point to start from a more basic starting point for AngularJS. Yeah, which is which is where it is now, right? Where the doc yeah. Is so now? as far as I know, right now it's a much more reasonable. Thing I pers- I like I don't know the exact points, but there was a couple of things when I walked through it the last time I walked through it, maybe a two three months ago, where I was like, eh, they're kind of yeah some assumptions, but I, I think it's still in a very decent state. The problem is is that you make some assumptions like, hey, there are plenty of Angular JS applications out there right now that have zero build, they're not using TypeScript, they're just a whole bunch of script tags in an index page right <laughs> that is what it is maybe maybe they are annotating and bundling maybe they're annotating and bundling and that's going to be it right but yeah. even if they are annotating and bundling a lot of those are grunt and gulp pr- projects right. they're not yeah. on module voting projects so there's the, tons of those the gulp one. so yeah that's exactly what happened but you've also got tons of angular js applications that are using um t- typescript and a really decent either gulp or grunt build, like a full-on doing a bunch of stuff, or even Webpack. And they might be using, like, um, the Angular UI router, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that starting point is so different from the other starting point. Yes, it is. And then there are apps out there that are using Backbone <laughs> with their yep. Angular JS. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I would like to, like, make note then at this juncture that it's obviously not an easy problem to since there's so many different starting points there is no this size fits all answer for upgrade so no wonder there's so many bad experiences with upgrade talks or blog posts or like walkthroughs because i mean i'm just trying to like think of how many different scenarios there could actually be and i feel like it's infinite so so let me say this because i feel like i've i've been pretty against this but let me say this once you twiddle all the bits and you stack the dominoes, right? It actually works really well and you've got a good way forward. But you kind of, it's the starting the NG upgrade and getting it all in place that's kind of the frustrating documentless thing that's not super cool. So. Right. That's the thing. So, what are your one, two, threes? What are your one, two, threes, Frosty? Like, what you know? I mean, you, know, you got to walk into the office. You got to tell me who knows nothing what you're about to do to me. Imagine I'm the uh, boss. Are you the business person? Yeah, you got to sell me on like you, you're the tech guy. You're walking in and you're saying, "Boss, Ward, we got to do this thing." And I say, "We got to do what?" And uh, you got to tell so, me what you like. What am I up against? So, so here's what here's why you got to do it. One, uh, if you keep writing Angular JS, uh, recruiting is going to get real tough for you if it isn't already. You're going to have a hard time finding the kind of engineers you want to find who are willing to put that much of their resume uh, into your company. Like uh, a lot of people will believe in the cause, but to a point, they're not going to sacrifice their resume. 
They're not going to build any other jets indefinitely. And so recruiting is a big, is a big, big thing. Uh, another thing is performance because if you're on an app that's, that's years, years old, um, it's not fast. I promise <laughs> you've got, you've got problems. And, and Angular, from my experience, solves the performance stuff, um, at least in the stuff that I've done. So I like another thing for that is performance. And then also, um, I feel like you're able to develop faster when you're using Angular just because of the tools like TypeScript. Um, I feel like it, it makes it a lot more straightforward to, to build stuff with. So. And I got to get to mobile. I got to get at least some of this app running on mobile. Yeah, and you get server side. Um, going to Angular also allows you a slow migration because there's a, there's a thing called a migration and then there's a thing called a rewrite. Uh, doing an NG upgrade allows you to do a migration, which is a business friendly term. A rewrite is a is an unfriendly business term, and so uh, the NG upgrade allows you to do a migration, which is what most people are going to need to do. And I realize some people with small apps can afford a rewrite, but that's not, I don't feel like that's where most of the big angular, angular JS apps are at. So, all right. So suppose I want to agree, what am I looking at in terms of, um, the phases of this? And, um, then we can get to how long it would take to reach phase, but what, what, what are the steps I got to go to, to, to get here? So you honestly, if you have a big team, you're going to need to put someone on this. Like you have to dedicate a resource and it needs to be one of your people who understands your current stack. And that person needs to go through the prereq list and get everything checked off. And some of those people, like in my scenario, I did pull requests that affected like 700 files. And um, you're going to do a lot of stuff to get ready for this upgrade. But, um, but if you have someone that's in charge of it and kind of running it and triaging it, I think it, it makes it makes it a lot easier. And once you've once you've gotten ready, that person who's doing this, they need probably I would just to be blunt, I think they probably need about a month to get everything set up and ready. Because you don't just like open a blog post and like go step one and step one just works. You step one is kind of a ethereal task and and you have to figure out how to make that work inside your app and it takes time it does it takes a lot of time and joe joe i know can agree with this because joe and i have spent a lot of time talking about this so what's the deliverable after this first phase well how do i you know how how do what does ready look like so in it in my opinion here's what ready looks like you've got a route that's controlled by AngularJS, and you can put an Angular component inside an AngularJS component, and it runs fine. And then you can also put an AngularJS component inside that Angular component. So you're going from AngularJS to Angular back to AngularJS. That's kind of a round-trip thing. That has to work, but then you also need a route that's controlled by Angular that allows you to embed your Angular JS components inside of the Angular components for that route, and also embed an Angular component inside those Angular JS components. So once you've got and 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 that's not it, you have to have inputs and outputs on all of those. Like they have to be able to communicate. So you can't just like make a, a hello world component that's an Angular JS and then write a hello world component that's an Angular and and embed the the, the Angular one inside the Angular JS one and say it worked. 
You have to be able to input and output from that thing. And so I'm confused a little bit. This actually sounds like the upgrading process itself, not the prep phase, not that one month phase. So, well, so are you describing to me that 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 in the prep phase, I've learned I have a prototype that knows how to do that, or are you saying I'm con- I'm just a little confused? You can make a dummy route, make a route called Donuts. I don't care, but you have to have a route that implements the there and back again story from Angular JS to Angular to Angular JS and to Angular again. Like you have to if when once that works. Until that works, your proof of concept isn't done. So however you you get this this initial there and back again story fleshed out, you have to do it other and until then you're not done. So Okay. Okay, so the prep is the prep is that I've established that I've got an environment and a process and a working proof of concept that shows me end to end how this is going to work. I haven't actually converted my whole app, but I've done enough to kick over all the rocks and find where all the snakes are. Yep, exactly. And maybe you even convert a component or two. Exactly. And once you've done that, then you can start to see, hey, this is how it's going to work, and you can start to make recommendations. But another another requisite besides that one is you need to make sure that you got the AOT working inside of your current build because you you already had a build and you need to make sure your new build can deal with the AOT. Right. You, you need to make sure none of your tests break, um, and you, you need to make sure. Uh, and the last one that's difficult, at least in my experience, you need to make sure that all that stuff I just said works in, even when it's lazy loaded because that's that's another hurdle that you you thought would be maybe easy but it's it's not as easy as it sounded to me so like that there and back again story that we talked about right that has to work even in a lazy loaded route and and in my I thought that would just work cuz it already worked unlazy loaded but then I lazy loaded it and it didn't work and it took me a second to figure out how to do that too so it's you got to get it all there. You got to you have to try out all the pieces. And and only then can you say I've got a proof of concept that I can sell to the business. Now you're saying that you actually this is actually possible though. In other words, this the I mean you describe things that are fraught that feel fraught with danger and peril and all that, but after, but I can actually there is a there there. It's going to work if I get it all figured out. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did it. I've done it twice now, actually. One from Angular just to Angular, and the other one from a Frankenstein thing to Angular. And they both are currently <laughs> in like this coexisting dual app state where they're both both apps are on the same page, one in one framework, one in the other, and they and they they interop and intercommunicate. So I've done it, and you can do it, but. Um, it's not the first time you've been asked to do something big. I mean, a lot of us were on required JS and we needed to get off of it and onto something else, and we did. And so it's just one of those big tasks that's concerted and um, it helps the developer experience in the long run. This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. 
VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash adventures in Angular. Is it, is it, you know, one of the, if you're going to go this light way and now you have the problem of harmonizing, you know, the Angular JS one and the Angular one. So it doesn't look like you took a Volkswagen and smashed it against a Porsche and came up with a new car. Yeah. Um, that means that you've got to make, you know, you got to make the doors look the same and the windows look the same. Um, and that means probably coming up with another sort of component suite. A visual component suite that matches reasonably closely, and that the, and those aren't upgrades. There's like an Angular one and an Angular JS one, and that makes that makes some sense to me. But you guys are feeling that's well, know, it, easy to say and not easy to do. It could make sense, but honestly, once you've got ng upgrade in place, um, to upgrade a component, to, an Angular JS component to run in Angular is actually it's not insane. It's actually kind of easy. So. Um, you can you can put it in there. Um, that's why I, it's not really that difficult to reuse your Angular JS in Angular once you've got it there, and then you can take your time. And when management decides it's time, then you can then you can convert it to Angular and, and get there and kind of knock that one off. Right. But it's not you don't necessarily have to make the first project like the first team that, that that goes in angular has to pay all the costs of the upgrade like no one's going to want to be the first team that's too expensive like no pm's going to be like hey i'll decide to not ship my product <laughs> while yeah. we upgrade angular right so so it, 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 you do kind of need a, a way to go slower you need a way to upgrade slower and and that's where i'm coming back to migrating versus rewriting and so ng upgrade allows you that and it's actually really powerful and it's really nice that it does do that so right so yeah so i have an i have a i have an oddball question but maybe um maybe i should wait what were you going to say joe well I, I think another point to put in there is no matter what you do figuring it out and making the upgrade work is so much better than just about any alternative so long as you know you your application is of a certain size right Switching, just rewriting to Angular, it could be really dangerous if it's a big enough app and mission critical. You're just as likely to be halfway through it and abandon the whole process, right? Switching to another framework is even worse, right? Well, that was what I was going to ask you because Alyssa has some experience in this where this whole question came up and, and that's the way they went. So tell why, Alyssa? Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's not an easy question to answer, but essentially it came down to, I lost the argument. Uh, <laughs> um, they, <laughs> I know, right? Um, they liked the way that AngularJS works, um, which I know is a super unpopular view, but you know, there are developers out there like who literally just like the way it works better. And they decided to go with something that <laughs> was similar. And we're also using CoffeeScript. And they didn't want to give that up. Like under no circumstances did they want to give up CoffeeScript, which to me is the most wow. insane thing. And I realized how that sounds in the modern tech world. But they're choosing to have a, uh, I don't know, kind word for bastard child of AngularJS 
mixed with view components and coffee script and we're getting like webpack and like spun up right now because we're only using gulp and <laughs> like it's ugly <laughs> but um that i i lost the argument basically and i had to bow out gracefully and just be like all right you guys you do you but i i don't i don't truly myself get it so i don't think i can argue for it but that's the uh best that i understood their side of it so. well that t- that still makes tons of sense to me I mean, like personally, I would not feel like I want to keep CoffeeScript around. It was, I was never a fan of CoffeeScript, but (laughs) the idea that I like the way the AngularJS works and yeah, Vue actually feels a lot like AngularJS. So that makes sense Mm. to me. I can see that paradigm a bunch and Vue is super popular too. So you feel like, Hey, I'm going to something that looks like it's got a really promising future, right? Rather than being stuck with AngularJS. Um, now Again, I'm going to say that it's switching to another framework is really hard and for most people it's going to be a bad idea. And just because they chose that doesn't mean it isn't necessarily a really difficult choice, right? But there are other reasons to make that choice. If you're if we're talking about what is the smoothest, easiest, lowest cost way to get to a modern framework in 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 the vast majority of cases using ng upgrade to go to angular is the the answer to that. There are other reasons to choose whatever you... If everybody wants to do Vue or React or Ember and you're going to lose your development team unless you do that, then you should do that, right? Like, that's... It's probably far more painful to lose your development team. But if you're talking about, like, what's the lowest amount of work to get to the next working project? And any rewrite... So you guys are actually doing a a kind of a migration, too, which is good. That's certainly better. But if you, most frameworks, you're going to have a hard time doing some kind of a migration like that where we're actually taking oh. pieces and switching it over to Vue. That's going to be hard. And, when, and you're going yeah. to find and really tough, it, tough time to switch. They didn't want to. Wanna... Your finish is going to be hard, too, for sure. That's going to be hard. Yeah. They just definitely didn't want to re- rewrite. It was the opposite of what they wanted. And so right. they were like, well, we could just slowly start migrating everything over to Vue, which it's kind of like. It, and that's when I fully started to grasp this is like, like, it's kind of, what, what did you say, Frothy? You're like, it's, it's going to be a long process. Um, basically, like, even if you're not migrating to the latest Angular, whatever you're migrating to, like, I, I was starting to grasp, oh my goodness, this is like years, like, yeah. this could take. Right. And, and that's like not even a joke. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. And so I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I, I get why this decision was made if they don't actually just feel confident in rewriting and they'd rather do a migrate. So, and I don't honestly with coffee script, I don't know if we could, cause you're, you were saying, Oh, it might be as simple as renaming it to a TypeScript file. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, not, with, no talk, yeah, like, not with coffee script. JavaScript. Yes. Not with coffee script. But also it sounds like you guys, you guys made a decision. Your team made a decision. Not on, it really wasn't a cost based decision, right? Like what was the cheapest thing? There was other reasons to make the choices that you made. Yeah. Yeah, there were. Did, so did you fun. go through, curiously, did you go through the sort of same phase one walking skeleton um, uh, bit that, that uh, Aaron talked about at the beginning, wherein you had a complete round trip and you sort of covered all of the essential points that would be potentially problematic in, in having a hybrid app? Are you saying as far as like, did I present all of the potential points? 
And yeah. No, no, no. I meant, I meant the, now that they've decided, you know, they decided to go with an Angular, uh, the hybrid of Angular JS and Vue that gradually someday becomes all Vue. De- um, in order to arrive mm-hmm. at that decision, you, I would imagine you'd have to go through the same kind of process that Aaron was talking about, where in phase one, you do a proof of concept that shows that you can actually accomplish oh, yeah. everything you need in this new world of moving back and yes. forth between. Yeah. Um, so they did yes. that. The, they did the, that. The and it worked on the team. Well, so one of the guys on the team who really, really wanted this option, he built the, like and the next new feature that we were doing. Um, he did it in view and kind of showed like exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, look, it's integrating with our angular JS stuff, but it is a view component and it's working within the app. And so as soon as, you know, it was like a proof of concept, but within the next feature, um, cause we aren't ever really given time for, uh, yeah, upgrade that or clean that or do it the right way. Uh, we're very so much in like the startup concept of like, just ship it. So we had to use, you know, the real, like the next thing we were going to dedicate time to. And so, um, he did do that. And we're actually, there's a lot of steps similar to like, for instance, we're, we're like getting like, I don't know if the PR is out yet, but um, webpack in our system. Right. Um, and we're also doing things where I'm still switching over. I mean, to this day, I was working on an old angular JS directive and converting it to a component because that still has to happen. And, and so I'm still, I'm almost like still going through these, uh, some of these upgrade steps, um, even though I don't get to eventually make it to four. So, uh, yeah, there, that, that did happen. Um, and we, I have yet to write anything in view though, because I feel like we still need to upgrade everything to components before we can even get to that point. So, right. but yeah. Hey Frosty, what do you think about that, that thing, that motivation where you do the new feature in angular and use that as the motivation to try and start the whole hybrid process? So, um, I think anyone who makes the decision to upgrade to anything, even if it's angular, if you do it without the data, based on just emotion and irrational data and irrational conversation, you didn't actually put in the time to compare it to anything. I think that was a poor, a poor decision and I can't really support it. But if you sit down, you back it up with data. Uh, it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to argue with your decision there. Um, it doesn't always mean that the shorter path that Joe's saying wins, even if you build it out. But it means that at least everyone had the data they needed to make the decision. So doesn't always mean our favorite, like your favorite decision will win. But if you're making decisions based on data, um, like the, as they say at Netflix, an opinion without data is just an opinion or a fact without data is just an opinion. So if you've got the data, then it's, it's pretty solid. So I, I, w- I would back you on your decisions on that. All right. Well, I think we've come to a natural wrapping up point. So let's, uh, unless we got any final comments, how about we switch over to picks? Whenever I have a new idea for an app, one of the first things I do is go find a domain name for it. The company I use and have used for years is Hover.com. Hover.com has a clean and easy to use interface. They don't try to upsell me on a bunch of services I don't want or need, and they provide free who is masking for the domains I register. So if I register a domain that's not directly tied to devchat.tv, people don't need to know that I'm the one that owns it. They also offer domains with all kinds of top-level domains like 
.codes and .computer, and others like .coffee and .pizza. So when you have your next idea strike, go to hover.com slash adventures to get it. Once again, that's hover.com slash adventures. Alyssa, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so I am still promoting the awesome NG Atlanta that's coming up. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, please head on over to their website. And I really hope to see you guys there. And awesome. that is my pick. Frosty, how about you? I'm going to pick Neutron Stars Colliding. So good. <laughs> so good. Just because that happened last month and it, it was absolutely fantastic to watch the astrophysics, the uh, astrophysicists lose their mind and, and, and analyze the data and talk <laughs> about space time bending and stuff like that. So the, uh, the, the kilonova that resulted from the two neutron stars colliding, that's my pick. Awesome. Okay. Ward. Wow, I, I like both picks. I'm going to be at NG Atlanta, or at least I'm currently scheduled to be. And, um, ow! Ow! And <laughs> I like, I like uh, neutron stars colliding myself, and I've been talking about that to anybody who'll listen. So I'm just going to second both of those. I like really wish we could have just random episodes where we get to talk about like I know at one point we talked about like spinning off and doing like a movie podcast. <laughs> but, like if we could have like because I have no idea what you guys are talking about and that would make a great episode. So yeah, anyway, so, awesome. keep going. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to interrupt that real quick. I pinged Neil deGrasse Tyson to see if he'll come to NGCon and talk oh to us God. about the neutron star collision, but. <laughs> I don't know if it will be able to work or we'll be able to swing it, but I at least initiated a conversation. So <laughs> that would be sweet. That would be outrageous, right? Oh, that would that be would totally be outrageous. We'd love it. You have to let us know if like, if he, he tells you tomorrow or something, you gotta, you gotta let us know. <laughs> Joe. Okay. So, uh, for my picks, uh, I'll pick my court, my, uh, Courses on Pluralsight that are on migration, since that's fairly topical, right? I've got two courses, one on preparing for migration from AngularJS to Angular, one on migrating from AngularJS to Angular. The migrating from AngularJS to Angular is in the final, like, weeks, a week or two of being published as of the time of this recording. So by the time this recording is published, I hope that it will be uh, out. And then, I, I Obviously, we should mention any ng-conf news, which is that tickets are on sale October 30th. So, again, I'm not Ooh, sure yeah. exactly when this comes out. It's going to come out slightly before or slightly after that. There's a, If it comes out slightly after that, there's a small chance that there are some tickets on sale, so rush over. But there's a really good chance we'll sell out within the first week-ish, if yeah. not first day. So... Uh, but ng-conf is going to be epic, and the CFP is open. So if you didn't get a ticket... Check out the CFP, and we will be releasing a small number of tickets as they get freed up that are reserved for other things like sponsors and stuff. Yeah. So there will be some other chances to get tickets, so keep checking what follow us on Twitter and stuff to see when tickets get re-released. And there we go. Those are my picks. Thanks, everybody, for coming. We appreciate it. It was a great, great episode. Fantastic yep. discussion. Yeah, thank you, guys. So it was great. We will see everybody next week. Bye. Peace. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.